God, I feel so stupid right now. So, okay. Uh, so, I just had a really lovely conversation with Ted, aka Mickey Ficky, whose music is, by the way, amazing. Just amazing. But I just realized that I, I had this, I had a conversation with him for the whole time, for the whole hour with this microphone on in front of me. And only to realize after the conversation that ended that all my audio had recorded from my computer recorder. Super high quality. <laughs> Super high quality stuff it is. Uh, I'm so sorry, guys. So please, um, I apologize for the quality of my audio for this episode. Um, it's going to be a wee bit rough. But... Ted, a.k.a. Mickey Ficky, has some pristine audio quality, so maybe that'll balance some things out, hopefully. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. Um, I'll try not to make this mistake the next time. But I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Ted, a.k.a. Mickey Ficky. Can I just tell you before that I, this is, like, such a fangirl moment for me? This is, like, <laughs> I'm having, like, a weird moment. This is a fangirl moment. Like, I... I'm such a huge fan of your of your music, and Aww. it's just it's it's weird. It's weird talking to you like this. No, well, thank you. I yeah. When I I remember when you messaged me, I was like Suli. I was like that sounds really familiar, and I like went on Spotify and I was like that's her. I was like that's the person because I had heard you on like Discover Weekly a couple months prior or something, and it added you to my big what? old song. Yeah, yeah, and so I was like, nah, probably not, but like. I'd had to make sure and I checked and it was the same and I said, okay, it's the, everything's aligning, so. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't, I had no idea that you actually were familiar with, with my music. Yeah, well, I don't like, I go through phases where like, if I'm listening to new music, I'm really into it and I'll definitely like pay attention. Which ones do I like? Which ones do I not? Let's save these, let's not these. And uh, I also go through periods where I'm just like a blob and music is just like hitting me in the face and I'm not absorbing any of it. <laughs> Um, and so luckily it was in one of those periods where, yeah, it stuck out to me. I'm trying to remember which one it was. It's probably the most streamed one, if I had to guess. Um, it's probably, yeah, maybe it was, it's probably all just dance. Is it the yeah. one with the orange cover, like with the crying baby yep. face? Yep. Yeah, that's the, that's the one. I'm also, now I'm looking at your, uh, your banner photo, your cover photo, and I love it. Which it's one the is galaxy. it? Is it the one in the box? Oh, the galaxy. No, that one. That one is the like the one where I'm like riding a rocket ship or a pepper. It was the pepper, right? The pepper. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the pepper. I don't know where that came from. I was like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. Yeah, it's not a combination of items I would have thought of myself. So I, I love it. <laughs> oh yeah, you can, you can, you can write a paper. Who, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, uh, I'm in Nashville now. I'm from Indiana originally. Uh, came down here for school back in 2013. So I've been here, I guess, about eight years. Um, and I'd had a band in high school, and it was folk music, and I loved Mumford and Sons and Avett Brothers and and all yeah. those guys, Lumineers. Um, and oh, then yeah. got to college, and it was kind of like. All right, I'm out of songs because I wrote as many basically Mumford and Sons songs that that I could, you know. <laughs> I was like, all right, yeah, well, I'm yeah, out. Yeah. Like, um, and at the same time, was surrounded by like just a million different types of music. Like, not only moving to a city bigger than the one I came from, but also to a school where everybody is trying to be an artist as well. Um, 
it was kind of nuts. And so I spent a lot of time in college, like writing stuff, but not having a box really to put it in. Like I knew it didn't fit the folk band I had before that, that was kind of fizzling and I didn't know what other place it fit. And so senior year was kind of like a time when a lot of people were kind of gathering up their resources, like before we graduate, let's all make something and like put it out before we're out in the real world or whatever. And so that's kind of what I did with Mickey Ficky. Um, okay, and, so it's Mickey Ficky because yeah. I was gonna ask like how it's actually pronounced. Like we were actually discussing before, like you came on the on the chat. Like if it's like, what if it's like? Inst- I thought it was Mickey Ficky, but what if I've been pronouncing it wrong? What if it's like Mikey Fikey or like I don't know, <laughs> like the M is silent. It's like icky, right. icky, icky or something. Just wanted to ask. Right. Okay, so it's Mickey Ficky. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. You're not the first, and usually I don't correct anybody, because I'm like, it's not phonetic at all. Like, a lot of people say Miki Fiki because of, like, Tiki Torch. Um, right. But, yeah. but yeah, so I, it's just, it's whatever people think it is. But, so you wouldn't correct me if I told you, like, if I, were, if I came up to be, if I came up to you as a fan, which I am, be like, oh my gosh, I love your song, Mikey, My Guy, Fly Guy. Would you not for... Would you not correct me? Yeah, Mikey, it's Mikey happened. songs are the best. Yeah, <laughs> it's happened before, uh, where oh the person really well, it's where the person they're with knows and they don't, and they've never said it out loud to each other. Somehow, yeah, I yeah. think it's you know, and then um, they say it to me, and I'm just like thankful they're at the show listening. I'm like, you can you can call the songs whatever you want. Like, I'm just glad you're here, and then their friend will correct them and then they'll look at me mm-hmm. and I'll have to look back and act like I wasn't just like keeping a secret from them. Um, but yeah, so that happens more than I'd like to admit, but yeah. So started Mickey Ficky and started playing shows after graduating and putting out music. And then, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. Just been doing that for four or five years. Did you study music then? No, I was music business. Like I did uh, like choir and stuff in high school but uh-huh. uh I, I wasn't in like the school of music i was in the business school that had a emphasis in the music industry kind of thing going so yeah how did you find it did you did you enjoy it um <laughs> i always hesitate <laughs> when <laughs> this is a this is a conversation that happens like every six months with one of either one of my friends i graduated with or like my family um uh-huh. Or this situation. Um, uh huh. You don't definitely you don't have to like if you don't feel comfortable sharing your thoughts. No, no, I would love to. <laughs> it's just never yeah, yeah, usually. It. It's never usually public, so I'm like, yeah, let's go in. Um, no, it was awesome. Um, the way I look at it is like, if you wanted to work in the industry, which I've got like friends who went straight to you know whatever the work for a publisher or a label, it's like just want to have a job around music. Um, then it's really helpful like because you do get a lot of internships you can I mean you take classes specifically for (laughs) what you're doing which there's not a ton of schools that do that still Um, but if you're an artist like us trying to like (laughs) be an artist make it um, (laughs) yeah yeah, just make a living out of this thing yeah just like have some kind of consistent creativity and like audience that's around Um, it it it's only helpful for like, at least for me, a lot of the lessons are like what you do when you get to the top, but there's not a lot of the in-between mm. to get there. So it's like how to read a contract from a major label, but like I need to know how to like book a show 
and they'll spend some time on that, but it's a lot of just like how to not get screwed over by Sony. And it's like, I know, yeah. but like, I'm <laughs> I'm not talking but to like, Sony right now. <laughs> but it's like some people are going to have to start somewhere, right? And and mm-hmm. not many will start from a, a major deal with Sony or Universals. Like, that's the thing mm-hmm. that gets me like, it's like, you know, you go to university, they teach you like the high end stuff, like the stuff that that doesn't really help you to get the actual start at Mm -hmm. things it's like oh oh it's like oh we'll just try to just we're just speculating that you're gonna start from the the elite level stuff right and you're just gonna skip the steps that needs to needs to that takes you to those to that level and we're just gonna teach you whatever that's in the in the in the you know result of things and that's even like you know for someone who is going into a specific course to learn how to actually take those right steps. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem very, it seems a bit counterintuitive to mm-hmm. learn all like just a specific part of the industry because the indie scene is pretty big too, but yeah. there's not much info out there to like just nap for people to navigate their way around the indie scene. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, do you remember like when you were starting out, like, how many things you just have to Google, like just oh, basic yeah. procedures. Like that's Damn, that's the, what I would notice was like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, those YouTube tutorials, man. And also like it's so mm-hmm. confusing. Like everybody has like, oh, what which distributor should we go? Oh, distro kit is the shit, man. <laughs> Everyone else is like, oh, you gotta use like a CD baby or something. I'm like, I'm so confused. Right. I don't know what to do. And it's like you right. gotta make your own decision and you don't know what to do like you don't know how to like oh what the hell is a wave file like i don't know what the hell that mm-hmm. is it's like mm-hmm. just the basic stuff but like those are things that you need to teach yourself if you don't have the right information from the get-go right and yeah right stuff that you have to google man it's well it, seems like a it, no-brainer it, it, now but <laughs> when you're starting out those things are like important you know yeah, well, and, like, the things that are normal now are, like, the, the whether it's, like, negotiating a rate with, like, someone that I'm bringing on tour or uh, trying to figure out, like, uh, the, the cost for a whole record done a certain way where we do the, like, there's still wiggle room. It's not like I'm, like, finally, I found the right answer. But mm. at, least na- at least now I know that's tension that will be there. Um, and I feel like when you're starting out, at least for me, you're either hearing, even outside of like Belmont, if you're just like in existence trying to be an artist and you Google like how to book a tour or anything, um, it's it's like they want to. Those wiki wanna... how answers do hit. You. I know <laughs> wiki how. I, I know. Wanna get, I want to ban wiki how because like yeah. that shit never helps you ever. No, no. I just feel like it's like, just get the reps in, like just do a a bunch of stuff a bunch of times. And then like, but I was like spending so much time trying to have like the right formatting for Mm. my Excel sheet for the, like just anyways, that's, and that's one thing that's helped a lot is like, I still don't know any answers, but at least now I know that I probably won't as opposed to before when I'm like, there's probably a right way. I just don't know it yet. You know? Yeah, and I'm slowly starting to realize that there is probably no right way. Because if there was a right way, then every artist 
with you know universals with like super big records would be doing the same mm -hmm. thing and e they would break every single artist mm -hmm. like the fact mm -hmm. that not all artists that are under major labels actually get a break is the very proof that there is no right answer you know what i mean right 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 and which it, is exciting it does kind of <laughs> yeah it's exciting but also at the same time it can induce like some stress and some anxiety like okay if there is no right answer what, what am i supposed to do i don't know what to do like oh right what, what do i do right and it's right. just you know what would you say what would be your answer <laughs> what would be like I mean, if somebody only... came up to you and be like i, I have no idea what, what what should i do what would yeah. you say I mean, the quickest, the quickest way I've learned anything is when other people are around, um, whether it's like booking a show with another band and just seeing how other people interact in that situation uh, or behave. Um, and same with like collaborating, you know, like, like <laughs> even working with you, like the process is different for like each person I've worked with, but mm -hmm. it's been like, it's shown me like places I had strengths that I didn't know I was that I could use. And it also showed me obviously everywhere I needed to work on. And, and it's like no amount of like research or even just writing songs by yourself, uh, can like give you that insight of like, Oh, <laughs> like this is how Sue Lee works. Like that's so much easier for me. I should try to do that more often for like you. I couldn't just ask you like, how do you work? Does that work for me too? Like you can't get there any quicker way than, so that's probably what I would say. <laughs> and that's what I am trying to do now is just be involved with more people in any step of the process because you just learned so much from them that yeah you can't why waste your time trying to figure it out yourself <laughs> yeah no it's so that's that is the correct answer i mean i'm not in a position to say oh you are correct but like I, <laughs> that hits that hits home for me because it's like i always like to say like i've been saying this like ever on every single episode but i always like to say that like we as individuals no, you know, regardless of whether or not you're an artist, it's like we're all an individual little planets. And when we mm -hmm. collaborate or when we meet or interact with another human being who has his own, his or their own planet, it's kind of mm -hmm. like a clash. And sometimes that clash doesn't work out. You know, it could it could just not work right. out. The chemistry is just not there. Um, but sometimes you just figure it out and it becomes like this chemistry that just becomes this like magic, magical experience mm -hmm. that is like mm -hmm. no other experience because it's like two people, two individuals with different personalities, different artistic visions, different visions meeting each other. And it just creates this little baby I don't know. <laughs> right just, right it kind of sounds a bit weird now that i said baby but it's like a we're create like if we're like if a musician yeah. musicians are working together to create their music babies you know like i know it sounds mm -hmm. like no no like no sexual connotations or anything like that but like right. just it's like we're creating something that is a mesh of our own little interests and quirks mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. there is like there is no same baby there is no same music right. baby. There is no same collaboration. There is no same something. Right, right. That's what well, I and like that, think. Yeah, well, and that's something, it's tough for me because um, I know, like, oops, sorry. Uh, I know historically, like, 
well, the whole reason I got into music was because it was amazing to feel what you can feel when you create something by yourself. And you're just like, okay, mm. duh, like I should probably do this like forever. And it's easy for me, like if I'm not actively working with somebody or talking to somebody, whether it's this or in person or whatever, or even just an email thread, like some kind of yeah. contact with the outside yeah, world, yeah. then I can kind of forget that the benefit of that and just go straight back to like, just make it happen. Like, just will it to happen, this magic feeling, it happened before, that's why you do music, make the song, whatever it is, you know, some project that's just me from start to finish, how awesome. And it's almost like a vice at this point, because like, yeah, I can do that. But it's like, it's like abusing a gift. It's like, yeah, yeah, like, I want to let that happen when it should happen. I don't want to like, be insular and not work with other people and like put all of that pressure onto myself like you know it just it feels like uh unfair but you know and but I'll be afraid you know it's anxiety inducing to like collaborate in general with something this special to you but then you do it and at least for me it's like <laughs> you can't like remember a feeling that's new every single time so I'm always going to be scared going into it but every time yeah. after I'm like I'm like, oh, awesome. Oh, that yeah. was new as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not going to say, like, I ne I haven't had many sessions myself. Like, I'm only, like, two years into this. So I'm still, mm -hmm. a, still, a, still a baby at this. Like, I don't know shit, basically. I don't know shit about the business side of things. I don't know how to how to make money as a musician yet. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I don't know how long I can sustain this. It just, it, it actually does feel like I'm sustaining my career, not really like actually working as a musician. You know what I mean? Like I right, feel like right. it feels like I'm trying to like extend the deadline, not mm -hmm. be like, okay, this is a forever thing. I'm a musician now. I can do this forever. Um, right, so right. I'm still learning and I'm, I still haven't had that many like songwriting sessions or collab sessions myself, especially in person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I have had some good experiences, but I've also had some bad experiences too. <laughs> and those bad mm. experiences, it's like, you know, it's, it's bound to happen, you know, like they, they yeah. all, apparently they always say like, uh, like songwriting sessions, collaboration sessions are like speed dating, which some, <laughs> which at first like weirded me out. But I think having experienced one of those like bad sessions have made mm -hmm. me realize, okay, I know what that means. I know what you mean when, when you say that it's like, yeah, you just, you just don't get the vibe and it's not anybody's fault. It's just like, it just mm -hmm. happens. Mm -hmm. And those kind of experiences sometimes makes me kind of recoil a little bit and be like, Hey, I can actually do this on my own. I can just make this yeah. happen on my own. So why, why bother? Mm -hmm. But then you know, I remember the good times. I remember the good experiences. And it's like, it's mm -hmm. so worth it. And you're going to have some bad experiences, even on your own. So, like, right, it right. goes both ways, right? Right. Yeah. Do you have any uh, tricks for getting through either a bad experience by yourself or a bad co-write or collaboration? Usually the bad experiences actually come from being on my own, to be honest. Mm. Like, it's one of those things where... You think you're going to do better when you're on your own because you do have the capabilities to, I don't know, produce on your own, play the instruments on your own, record on your own, make some master on your own. Um, mm -hmm. Depends on your skills. But if you can do all these things by yourself, 
that doesn't mean that it's going to go smoothly. Because the thing about, I think it's about reliability. It's like mm. when you're in a session with someone, you're expected to make something. You're expect you're there to like do business. We're here to make mm-hmm. something happen. But when you're doing things on your own from beginning till end, it's like, oh, I don't know. I'm in charge of all this, so I can like, I don't know, I'll just it makes me it makes yeah. it easier for me to slack off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes it easier. And I don't know. I I've actually, I'm in that right now. I'm experiencing that right now where I'm like, oh, I have all these like demos that I've made, mm-hmm. including the thing, including what we're working on right now. Yeah, like I've downloaded yeah. the stems and I know I can sit down and write to this, but mm-hmm. why am I not? Like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I literally on my, uh, my to-do list right now is, uh, I think I, literally called it have a proper vocal session because I can you know like I won't do it I I, because a lot of times or what's happened lately anyways was like I'd record the scratch vocals and then send the stems off to my buddy who does a lot of the mixing and production as well and uh and he's just really good so like the vocals sound fine you know and I'm like cool vocals work like I don't have to re-record those less work let's churn out more stuff and they always do. They sound great. Like, I'm, like, happy with them. But I think because of that process, I'm like, eh, whatever. I can just wing it when it's the deadline to do vocals. Because I would rather just, like, find sounds and make instrumental stuff. You know, I don't want to stand up and perform um, it, it, all the time. It, it, that is exactly what it is, recording sessions. It It's grueling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always end up, like, sweating after I do my recording sessions. Yep. Yep. I'm like sweating. My armpits are literally dripping. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I haven't yeah. eaten for like seven hours. Like yeah. it's a yeah. it's a grueling experience. And you once you yeah. experience a few sessions, like you're like, oh damn, I don't want to record today. Right, right. So I just I skip it. Yeah, yeah. I so badly want the dream of like the old school where they would all they would just write and record the record in like a month <laughs> and then tour it for three years and I'm like yeah like I'll do like I was like I'll Lazy do that like way. yeah I, I'm like just freaking pack it in because that really is I, I think of like any time over college especially it would be like coming home for winter break and just having two only two weeks or whatever or, well I guess it was like a month only a month <laughs> and where it's uninterrupted free time and so I would get so much more done because it's like it's scarce and now it's like yeah I like do my job and I do this music and I can kind of do it at whatever pace I want and so yeah it does get really hard to just not like not like the moment you have a bad like I'm not feeling great it's hard not to just be like it's not today and walk away mm. like it's it's so easy for me to be like it's got to feel right and just get out but it's got to feel I know, right yeah you gotta have it's oh today's not the day i don't feel like making music and i'm an artist so i can be as yeah. spontaneous <laughs> as i want like i'm just not in the mood and i know because i'm not in the artist mood today right i'm just right. not gonna sound i'm gonna sound like shit anyway so i'm gonna wait until i have that <laughs> artist moment and yeah, that never, yeah that day never comes nope. i swear that day never comes Although I do want to ask you a question. Do you think you consider yourself as an as a perfectionist? 
Um, I definitely used to. I know my limits now. I know uh-huh. when to like cut myself off generally now, but that didn't come until I had my buddy Wes, like someone else to bounce stuff off of all the time. Um, cause yeah, I definitely used to be not, I won't say I'm not still like hung up on that stuff, but I used to not know I, that's what I was doing. And so it would like hinder a lot of songs or rehearsals because I'd like really want to get it exactly right. And it would kind of ru- ruin the groove of the moment, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and so the only reason I hesitate to say I'm a, that I'm not a perfectionist is because now if something's going kind of wrong, but the big picture is good, I really try to be like, the big picture's good. Ted, remember, like, chill out the bit, you know. Um, and I don't and always do that. You still need to remind you yourself of that, though, right? Yeah, yeah. To not to not lose the, the whole thing for this yeah. tiny thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I was going to say, I don't think this is the solution to like putting off work as an artist, whether that may be production or top lining, songwriting or um, Mm -hmm. recording or finalizing, sequencing, whatever. But I think most of the time we kind of like cover it up with like, oh, I'm not having one of those days. I'm not having one of those artist days. When When you actually dig deeper inside, it's actually your fear of like not doing it well enough, not Mm -hmm. nailing it. That's why Mm -hmm. it takes me like freaking six hours for me to record a single song because it's like I take like 27 takes of like the same lead vocal part. And I don't have to, I know somewhere in there I've got the right track, but it's just like, just in case, let me take one more take. That becomes like the (laughs) 27th take. Oh, right. and I've got to take another 27th take of 27 takes of the harmony, the doubles, the the second harmony, the third harmony, and the fourth harmony. And right. also the ad-libs. <laughs> i got to take six takes of the ad-libs just in case. And I never right. end up using all of them. And it's right. the thing, like, the thing is, usually when you, for me, it's like usually when you give yourself, like, a time limit, like, okay, I don't care how shitty I sound, I'm going to record this thing ended in the next Mm -hmm. hour and a half. I'm going to set, I'm literally going to set the timer and I'm going to record it and I'm going to have to record everything. If I don't finish it by that time, you you should be disappointed in yourself. Right. It's kind of like that thing where I set the timer and I know that's not enough time for my usual like satisfactory level, but Mm -hmm. I do it anyways. And usually it turns, it's fine. Like it's fine. Right. It's like no, sometimes that's... you even have to rush, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I noticed too, like the songs, because there was one song um, that I put out on my my other pro- my Tedador project that, I, like, I I went through, um, like, take by take, comping the vocals basically word for word, finding the best way that I said <laughs> like each word, and like I try to keep it like, you know. <laughs> to phrases i was like let don't go word by word but like after after a certain point you're like i think there's a better version of the and i listen back now yeah it's that like stupid it's not stupid in the moment it might not be stupid for anyone you know like it's just for me i went back and listened and you do a side by side and you can never tell it's like yeah like never it was always like fundamentally was the song like the right song to 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 flesh out this much 
but never like, and then in the fleshing out process, you actually ruined the song. Like I've never done that yet. Each time I'm fleshing it out, I'm like, make sure you don't ruin it at this stage, this stage. Mm. And it's like, no, like you're not going to put in bad stuff. And if it, if you can do better in three months, like good, you're getting better. But it's just, yeah, I'd still fall into that trap of like, eh, maybe like another take though. And it's like, your first one was probably fine. Like <laughs> that that moment when you finished a grueling three hours of vocal vocal processing, it's like literally the your lead vocal track looks like it's like some like I don't know, like a like a like a stack of papers because you cut the audio yeah. so many times. It's like literally like little lines. Yeah. Have you yep. had that moment? Like, it's just like, damn, I've been working on this. <laughs> I kind of feel proud of myself, but also looking at this from far, from afar, it's really, it really wasn't necessary. I really right. didn't have to do that, did I? <laughs> right, right. It's you're just serious. You're. It's like every single little. Picture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I. The only thing that's really like, kind of driven that point home to me, because like. I can do it over and over and and still be like, I think it helped the song. I think it helped the song. But it was when I started being able to listen a little better to bands I'd loved my whole life. Mm. And just as I as I could pick out more in recordings over time, it was like, oh, like they didn't nail it. Cause I could see like, oh, like he my this guy did nail it over here on this other song. So I know there's a difference, but like I didn't notice there was a difference. I'm consciously sitting there like trying to analyze it. And it's like, that's like not who I'm writing songs for, you know, is like fellow engineers, though I would love people to think stuff is well done. But yeah, I would be hearing my favorite band and they would, quote, mess up. And it's like, oh, I didn't care. (laughs) And it's like, oh, then people won't, you know, like I'm just glad it's not perfect. It's so easy for us, like when we're ma- when we're the one making the art, when we're the one making the the music. It's like so easy mm-hmm. to get into that mindset of the creator, but really, at the end of the day, we are also the audience of our own music, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a it's it's important for us to like put ourselves um, into this perspective of an audience and the listener. Be like, would yeah. I actually care if I like if I'm like a tempo late at this part? Like, would I actually care? And I'm like, right. no. Like, that's why I love. That's actually literally the reason why I love music by people like Joji or like Tyler the Creator mm. or like Grimes or um, like Jack Stauber or yeah, you know, all these people. Like, they mess up. They just like, but, but they just keep it, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. The song is good. It's like a a. a a good song is a good song. Like right. a little little bleep in the production, a little bleep in the tempo, a little bleep in the vocals is not going to turn a good song into a shit song. It's still going to mm-hmm. be a good song, you know? Mm-hmm. And the audience really doesn't mind. They're like, oh, they're, no, they're not going to be like, oh my gosh, oh, disgusting. They, right. I heard some crack in the, in, in, in like for a millisecond in that, at that point, disgusting. Disgusting. I'm never right. listening to this song ever again. Nobody's like that. But right. in our minds, when we're making a song, it's like, damn, this this has to go. I got to re-record for another hour and a half, half for this, yeah. this little part. It's like nobody yeah. cares. 
They're going to see I'm a fraud. Like, they're going to know I'm not a real musician if they yeah. hear that. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. And who the hell is a real musician? Who do, Like, it? they don't give mm-hmm. a frick. They don't give a... Nobody gives a frick. It's mm-hmm. like... I think we sometimes have to lower our own expectations to give ourselves more sanity and sometimes mm-hmm. even make better music. Yeah. I think. Yeah. No, just to, like, let it happen. And I know everyone says that, but, like, letting something happen is harder because at least for me because i'm so used to the process of creativity being like euphoric um it's and it and it is early on for sure in whatever form it takes like and for me it was music but then when you're when it's not euphoric and i would hear i'd read interviews of guys where it's you know like they're just we're we just we're working musicians we just want to like we're making it happen da, da, da. and i was always like yeah like that's what i'm doing but for me it was really exciting but i'm 26 now and especially like after the pandemic where like like live shows are what i'm in this for like i love the other stuff too but i want to play shows so when we couldn't i was like this sucks uh, <laughs> and then it was just funny to see like nah man like you're not doing anything you have to find a way to do music in a way that you like enough to not just be making excuses you know but it's not a show but it's not a show and 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 I did like it really forced me to enjoy all these other aspects which is kind of like what led me down this road to now being on this podcast with you was like if I had truly mean what I'm saying like where I'm like yeah I want to do this for a living then mm. like I better I better find other things to enjoy about it than just writing songs because that's only fun like every couple days slash weeks sometimes months or years like it's not it's not enough and and yeah I think that was like part of my um, naiveness was just being like yeah I bet I'll just like write songs forever and that'll fulfill me and it's like nah man like you can write a million songs but like yeah anyways that's I don't mean to ramble but that's just kind of something that I yeah. No, I completely feel you because I was like, when I, man, I it just like, I know this wasn't a long time ago, but when I was first starting out writing music, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't understand why these artists like release an album a year and an album has only like 10 songs. What the hell? They could be more productive than that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can write a song about anything. Like I can write a song every single day. I can whip out a finished song every single day have like mm. six albums ready by the end of the end of the month yeah but you also gotta live you also gotta live in order to make music that resonates with you to have stuff that you really care about mm-hmm. and i think that's something that we kind of forget that like as artists yes it's important to make money it's important to like make profit but also you wouldn't be making music if you didn't enjoy it in the first mm-hmm. place. And when this becomes mm-hmm. purely work for this, just you're doing it for the sake of doing it, then why bother doing it? Because yeah. you can be doing other things and do music as a hobby. Like you can, mm-hmm. and you can still have a fun time, mm-hmm. but you can, you, you gotta do other things. And you know, yeah. it's actually, I like to say that it's a plus that nowadays, even more that we got to do other things as artists. Like we can't just Mm -hmm. be making music. We got to be making videos. We got to be doing podcasts. We got to be doing other stuff in, as an artist nowadays. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
like, I, like we're going to be doing TikToks, whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm still doing TikTok thing. I'm still getting my hair, head around it. And like everybody, everyone around me is like, you got to get on TikTok. You got to get on TikTok. I'm like, <laughs> let me just, let me just get my head around this thing. Yeah, but like, yeah. It's, that's a, like, you got to do other things nowadays. And it's a plus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like people love seeing you not just do music, not just perform, but mm-hmm. I don't know, eat cheesecake on camera. People love right conversations like these. People love seeing you do other things as an artist. Like I'd love to see you like Mickey Ficky doing other things, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And it's like it's a it's a it's a benefit and you can still take you can you can take a break, quote unquote, from making music from time to time and it doesn't really could be a a week it could be a month it could be a day but at least it gives you some time off and kind of recalibrate a little bit and then you can also at the same time be kind of building up your career as a musician Mm -hmm. and come back with a fresh fresh mind fresh ears and be ready to make something good right well that's what like Like balance is one of those things that I didn't really yeah. value until recently <laughs> and only because of even like with all the options that you just mentioned where it's, you know, you not you have to do a million different things, but you get to <laughs> like you because it's not just let me make my perfect song or my perfect record and be praised for this tiny tiny part of my life that I got to craft myself but everything else is like secret and private like I'm not like pro let my life be vlogged or anything but Mm. I do I do think there's some benefit to having to be a little more visible um, if you want to be an artist like with an audience because not only do the songs have to be good, but everyone can have a good song. They also need to be whatever they need to be. And um, I think because of all that extra pressure, the TikTok pressure and the, (laughs) you know, Instagram when you're just doing nothing, you know, it doesn't have to be, here's my big music announcement. In fact, you shouldn't do that every time. You know, it's like, because of all these other demands that that stress me out, it's also made Mm. me try to, it's made me like... (laughs) It's kind of like a pressure cooker to like build a life that can sustain that and find ways to enjoy those things. And so it's like, okay, well, I better figure out how to be a little more authentic real quick because I can't like confidently hop on a podcast like this and talk for an hour and not worry about what I'm going to say unless I know I'm here for the right reason. And Mm. also, you know, I can't set set up a a vocal session or, or try to finish a EP by myself unless I'm like zooming out and still being like yep that's good for you like that's that's a healthy thing for you you're not hiding away you're creating something and like i'm constantly checking in to see if my heart's in it basically and not whether or not i love music but but yeah whether these activities are actually nourishing and and luckily nine times out of ten they are and even the bad rights like I learn how to push through a bad right, and it's like awesome. Like <laughs> that's like awesome. Now, like it'll, yeah. like it'll, it'll never feel that bad again because I learned from it. Okay, like and and I don't know. I think that's something that I didn't really check before, and it and what you said earlier made me think of something when you said you know doing it just to do it. Um, that definitely happened with touring because um, mm. I I grew up loving bands that were famous for their live shows and. Like, 
that's all I, you know, I went to an Avert Brothers concert and saw it and started a band like the next week in high school. Like it was very much tied to that. And so um, once I figured out kind of how to self book, even just, you know, basements in college kids' houses, you know, the whatever, just like get me in that city. I'll play a show. I don't care if there's a proper PA system, like we'll make it happen. Um, once I was able to do that consistently enough, like I wanted to do it all the time. And cause I just want to be on the road and it got to a point where we like, we had to sit down and actively be like, okay, what do we want out of shows? Because now we're just kind of playing them and we're also starving or we're like sleep deprived for the 10th weekend in a row. And like, what are we mm. doing? You know? And, and it just been so long since I looked at like, what is your goal when you go to a show? Just like, what's my, what's, what's the goal of this? What's the goal of booking you know, or of writing a song? Like, and now it's become more of a habit um, to ask that on the front end instead of to get pretty deep into it and be like, what am I doing here? Um, but I just feel like that wouldn't have come without having to like the talking. I feel like every artist gets a talking to about TikTok where it's like reluctant and like no one's ever like ahead of the curve. Like, yeah, I got on TikTok and it was awesome. And my manager didn't have to tell me about it. Like, it's like, <laughs> uh, like I feel like every artist is like, fine, I'll do it. But, um, and it's <laughs> yeah. not, it's like, it's not all bad, but even that's something where I was like, I don't know if I have the choice to not do it. So if I'm going to do it, I know I don't, I know what I don't want to do. Like I, I see the type of TikTok content that I just don't have the energy to create, but I got to do it. So find something to do that is your energy that I, you know, mm. and it just really, it made me think about like, Ted, how can you be authentic like four times a week for 30 seconds on camera? Like, what's that going to be? Cause like you can't not do it. And I don't know. I'll, all that to say, it's like being put through the uh, pressure cooker is sometimes a good thing for sorting, sorting these things out. Yeah, I feel you. It's like, and also like when you said the touring, you kind of had to um, sit back and like actually think about like, why are we doing this? And I don't think the mm. purpose has to be some deep level, like philosophical take on life. Like, why are we living this way? What's mm -hmm. the purpose of music? What is music to us? It doesn't have to be anything deep. It, it could mm -hmm. be just really, it could be just one, just one thing, like just to have fun, to enjoy yeah. it. And, and I think, although like there are certain things that you like TikTok, like there are things that could benefit you as an artist from a business mm. perspective, from an audience perspective, from just as an artist, there are certain things that you do have to kind of do in order to make your music heard sometimes, make yourself be known. But mm. I think enjoyment can come by being aware of the fact that you can find enjoyment in everything. And sometimes no matter how much you try, you can't find it. You just, it's just not there. And I think that's not worth doing it. It's not worth the time. It's just not worth mm -hmm. the effort. But I think it's always worth trying to like, hey, I know like from the, like my first instinct is like, I, I hate this. I don't like this. I don't want to do this, but let's see how much fun I can get out of this. Let's see what's right. the funnest way for me to do this. And then I'll do it. If it's not fun, I won't do it again. But I might actually end up having a blast. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, and that's um, I, I'm. I, I remember there was a moment in in a write the other day where like 
you just know you're like, oh man, we're both. We had we had like the verse looping or something, trying to come up with mm-hmm. something, and I was like, I think we both just started waiting for the other person to come up with something. <laughs> like we're <laughs> like we're both staring at the screen and like kind of humming. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And time. So, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like I felt that I felt that kick in, and obviously when that happens when you're by yourself, you probably just get up, um, but you can't just walk away from somebody <laughs> that you're in a room <laughs> yeah. with. And but but it was that like it it was it it made me you know it wasn't like will this song fit into my legacy like how does this work mm. for my long it was simply like how can I have fun like I'm here we we booked three hours I'm here for three hours like we're gonna and then your brain like has to do real work and I've just I didn't you feel it like flip where you're like ah, oh, okay, I'm back engaged in a totally new way than what I expected because, like, that way was not going to work. And I don't know, it's just, it's its own kind of, like, little joyful, like, magic when you're like, hey, I'm, I I just checked back in. I'm aware again. Like, I'm not just, like, sitting here thinking about how it's not working. And that's, like, its own victory. And it's such a thin line, too. Like, that mm. little mindset change. It's such a thin line. It's like, mm-hmm. from being in a mind, in a headspace where, like, oh, I gotta make a, make the master, the master song, like, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the masterpiece of my life in the next mm-hmm. three hours. So, like, I'm just gonna have fun. I don't care. Let's just shoot the shit. I'm like, okay, I don't you like this melody? Like, da-da-da-da-da. It's like, yeah, let's just make it and just do yeah. it. It's like, yeah. it doesn't matter if it comes out as shit. It's, at least we made something at, by the end of the third third hour. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mm-hmm. care. Let's let's mess this up. Let's actually mess this up and see what we come up with, what comes out yeah. of it. Yeah. It's such no. a thin line. It's change yeah. of a mindset. Yeah. that No, the value in it's crazy, too, of simply just making something because... That's part of the reason I, when you asked like what I would tell someone and I said reps, like it's like I would, that's why I would say like write as many songs as you can because eventually, at least for Mm -hmm. me, like you, I used to, this is what would happen was like verse chorus, like sit down at the piano. Awesome. I had like a verse idea and a chorus idea. Let's like jot it down. Great. Um, Okay. Let's go start producing it, producing it, producing it. Okay. What? how's the second verse going to happen? And I'd be sitting there like, you know, like different drums, like different keyboard part. Like, okay, what are the words going to be? Like the whole thing at one time section by, instead of just being like copy, paste, copy, paste, I will add things in, I will subtract things, you know? And like, I just feel like tricks like that, where you're saying like, yes, even masterpieces can come from just copying and pasting a form out so you can then work on this. Like, let's just yes. get concretely. And and I feel like I just totally didn't see that as an option because in my head, I'm like, now we're stuck with that second verse and that second course the way it is. And it's just copy and paste. And it's like, dude, there's so much time left until the song is done. Like you can change whatever, you know, and it's just, it's because you're not thinking, how do I make this fit my grand masterpiece? It's like, how do I have fun? Because I'm going to have to do this again tomorrow. So I better like it. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, sure. It's like, but... you know, there's this phrase. Um, damn, what was it? Um, kill your darlings. Mm. It's yeah. like, yes, it's so easy for you to like be so precious about this little piece of work that you've created in the last hour and a half. It's like... 
you know, you put effort into it no matter how little or how much. Mm-hmm. But it's like sometimes they just exist in order for you to move on. You just got to leave mm-hmm. them behind. And I think that's like that's the beauty of like having a platform on Instagram or YouTube, not just like on Spotify because if you really do want to share these like little shitty babies, you can just share mm-hmm. them and like not release it as like an official single or whatever and just be like, "Hey, this, I just whipped this up and the other day I don't feel really good about it enough to like release it, but here you go. Bye-bye. Right. <laughs> and then right. and then we move on to creating the next shitty or good darlings and then you can mm-hmm. you will probably get rid of it too, but or you, it could t- turn into a really good darling that you yeah. finish and release. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like how often do you do you ever go back to like ideas you had when you were first starting out and and they are good now too or is it usually just like newest idea we're making it happen? I usually don't like revisiting. It's like mm. it's kind of like the remnants like of my past and I always want to write stuff that is rem- uh, re- that resonates with me right now as I'm writing it. So it usually yeah. I find that most of the past like drafts or little sketches that I've written in the past don't hit me as hard as it did at the time of the writing. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. usually just make the stuff at the moment. I whip it out at the moment. And then I whip yeah. it, I, I sketch it out concretely enough for me to be dedicated to it mm. for the next, mm-hmm. like, to, to, pr- to, like, proceed it to the next level. If it's, right. like, too rough, then I'll be like, oh, it's not worth it. I'll just leave it behind. But if it's, like, concrete enough, if I put enough effort into it, then I'll feel some level of kind of, affection uh, affection towards it mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. to finish it but i usually yeah. never like revisit my past songs it just doesn't feel doesn't hit me as hard yeah yeah well no i'll say honestly that's one of the the best <laughs> the best benefits of working with anybody besides yourself all the time like yeah exactly is um old songs where i'm just like clearly if i loved this song i would have tried to make it happen by now like Mm. my like my melody idea that i like i loved at the time that's why i even bounced a demo of it ahead of time you know like but like i didn't pursue it i didn't remember it the week after or the month after and i don't know why because when i went back and listened through a bunch of the old stuff i was like this is pretty good and so like my process is kind of more towards more what yours is where it's like get it out while it's there because you're not gonna like have that feeling again um And, but it's been so nice to have some of those old, just like instrumentals where I'm like, I can like feel my heart in that. I just can't sing to it because I don't have like those ideas currently. Um, It's just been such a like nice little release valve. Like, okay, that moment's not lost forever. Even if no one else makes Mm. anything with it either, at least I got to like give it a second chance with some other planet some other universe to like make it work you know yeah and i I will tell you this though like there are those like process songs like songs in progress they come in degrees so there are songs Mm. that i've actually finished recording finished producing but like i fucked up during like mixing and i'm like mixing is such a pain in the bum it's so Mm -hmm. painfully difficult for me and like mm-hmm. the more tracks there there are, the the more headache there is. And there are songs that I'm not gonna lie, I've been putting off 
and it's yeah. like literally finished. I just need to mix it and master it, but it's just too grueling for me. There are songs that right. I re like really love, but it's just like, I it's not the right time. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. not ready for that stress. Um, yeah. There are a couple of songs like that, and I'm not. I used to be very impatient about releasing songs. Like, oh God, I gotta like I gotta I gotta release this song right now. Like mm -hmm. this month, it has to come out. But like, who the file is there? It's literally there. You can yeah. You can revisit it anytime. Like right. you can revive it. Right. If right. you know, you, you it, if you find a better mixer, if you find a better producer to work with, you can wait mm. for that to happen and revive it at any time you want. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's um. There are definitely times when I do want to like sometimes review. Like for sometimes I would feel like a lazy as shit, and I would be like, oh, well, uh, I'll just send you. What do What do you think about this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, oh, I just actually couldn't be bothered to turn my cam uh turn my microphone on and actually record a, right, a stem right. for it. It's like, uh just right. we'll send you a little sketch that I did six months ago. What do you think? Yeah. And it's yeah, usually I, shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well that's that's like the reason I've never anytime I've tried to bite off mixing, I always just like I know at least right now, I don't yeah, I just yeah, the the process sounds awful. Like and not in a bad way, but just like you you can get it right or you can get it very wrong. Like yes. it's, it feels less to me like yes there's gut and emotion and well tell me like does it feel intuitive or does it feel like surgical and homework and a chore? Mm, it feels surgical and homework okay. and a chore. And it's like for me like production and songwriting is a very intuitive process. It's like all the things that we've just said being like, you don't have to be perfect. You can have bleeps. You can have little like things that are like cracking up and like, it's just, it can, it can be clipping. It doesn't matter, but like mixing the engineering part, mm -hmm. the, the better you do it, the better the song sounds. So mm -hmm. that's the part that really gets me. And um, the fact that I it can always be better. It can always kind of enhance the sound of the song. That technical part really gets me. That that really yeah. stresses me out. And that's the element that makes it feel more like a chore than the creative parts. Mm -hmm. um, well, and that's one that's too. Why. It's fun. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go for it. Well, I was just thinking that's funny because that's like, it's almost the opposite of what you'd expect where like, with something that surgical, you, in my head, I would think, okay, you can just sit down and just plug away at it. It's like just checking off problems, but you really do have to have like the right ears for it that day. And let's hope you're in a good headspace mm. because you, because I've, I've had that even with doing like mixed revisions with my buddy Wes, and then we'll just step away from the song for a month or two and come back. Yeah. And, and I'm like, what notes was I giving you? Like, what was I hearing? And that's just given me a whole new appreciation for people like anyone who mixes their own stuff and also just mixing engineers in general who 
are like who can trust their ears every time they mix or at least have like such a good process that it like safeguards against that kind of like oh today's a bad day it's like no i still know i'm hearing the right stuff you know like that's you would, yeah just but for production stuff it's like yeah i'll whip out an idea and maybe mm. i'll send it to someone in six months like i don't care like let's make it happen and with mixing anytime i've tried to like even just clean up my my demos before i send the stems to somebody it's like i just see where i'm i'm gonna either work on this for a day or like two yes. months <laughs> yes and you know like you are the one who sets the timeline you can mm-hmm. And it's like I always have there. There's one artist that I always refer to when I'm like stuck in this like hellish loop of like, oh, I gotta perfect the mixing. The panning has to be in the right, uh, the the right proportion. Mm-hmm. It's not panned mm-hmm. right enough. I gotta I gotta use more EQs. I gotta use this that this that. <laughs> And I always listen to like songs by Jack Stauber. I don't know if you're familiar with his songs, but. Um, uh. Like there's this one like huge song of his called Buttercup and it goes like forget it I'll do it sometime boom, boom. It by my it's, it's like and it's like I'm not like I'm not I love Jack Stauber I love I love his music I love his like animation style and he creates his anime own a- animations but like on a mixing perspective on like a engineering perspective it's not a Dua Lipa song. It's not right. an Ariana Grande song. And it's like, but people love that song. People mm-hmm. don't care. Like, even with the engineering parts, people don't care. A good song is a mm-hmm. good song. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes, like, there are there are songs where I feel a little more grandiose and I have a specific visions for how it, how it should sound. Like, I want it to sound mm-hmm. grander. I want it to sound more orchestral, more broad more wide and more studio level those i think i'm just like keeping in file at the moment to just find the right mixer or the right partners to like just revisit in the future in the meantime i'm just gonna like that's the beauty of like bedroom pop you know like who what is bedroom pop you know nobody knows it's like there's no genre it's it's a genre but it's not really a genre you can mix in some jazz in there you can mix in some hip-hop in there mm-hmm. you can mix in some little modern pop you can mix in some whatever and it yeah. can be justified as being bedroom pop or indie pop right right yeah i remember so, when that was when that was like did you ever listen to never shout never no he was he was like a he he was and is still kind of like a i don't i don't anything I'm going to say, he was like one of my favorite artists growing up, but he was very uh-huh. much of like a emo, like teenage time kind of guy. Not like yeah. a guy I'll listen to when I'm 40 necessarily. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I will, cause he's my guilty pleasure anyways. <laughs> but I remember he, it was like part of his, he was like number one on MySpace when they had like music on there and stuff yeah, like, yeah. and uh, he, did everything in his basement or whatever. And I was like, oh my gosh. And that was like the first line of his bio was like self-recorded. And it was always just like, yeah, but it's amazing because it kind of almost sounds like what they're making in the real studios. Whereas like now it's like, no, because it doesn't sound like that, we like it. Um, or it, and, yes. and I'm on that, I'm on that train. I'm like, thank goodness. Like that sounds like a human made it and not like, I love Coldplay, but when I listen to Coldplay, I'm like, that mm. sounds per- 
perfect. Like that, thank God someone's making records like that, but also that's not me. So thank God, yes. thank God, thank God we have a thank million God. playlists. Yeah. Thank the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank the yeah. Lord. I don't have to sound studio. I don't have to sound high end. And that's the beauty mm-hmm. of it. It's like, we're living in an age where people are willing to listen to lo-fi. People are willing to listen to sounds of like phones clicking and people singing right. off beat and like shouting shit in the background and just have it like, like they don't care. And it's right. music. It's fine. Right. It doesn't have to be refined and studio. Like those high end like chart songs, those pop, like very like mm-hmm. big, big studio budget songs have their own place but it's really right. lovely to know that indie songs like bedroom pop or um little lo-fi stuff it has its own place too has its own audience Hmm. i feel like it's so much more encouraging too which that's always yes. what i'm like trying to find artists not only like for me now but like people that would have been encouraging to hear when i was starting out and like thought that it was either you either sound like all of those pop songs or you sound like nothing <laughs> like or you're nobody it's i'm just so glad now there's that much like accessibility to that kind of sound for people who aren't it's like yeah make music like you shouldn't have to wait till you can like spend ten thousand dollars on an ep or something like that mm. to get it to, mm. to get it right you know but anyways <laughs> and sometimes it can create your own sound aesthetic quote-unquote like, mm-hmm. like your stuff, like your music is like, is like, I can't put, like, I don't, if I don't know if it's jazz. I don't know if it's rock. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. pop. I don't know what it is. And that's what I love so much about it. It's like, right. so funky. It's like, I don't know what the genre is. And I love those yeah. stuff. Like people who just don't give a frick about, oh, I'm a jazz artist or like, oh, I'm right. a fusion pop art. I'm a, like doesn't matter if it's a good song mm-hmm. it's a good song i'm vibing to it yeah you know, it's so yep. it's it's so great i love your music mm-hmm. thank you i love your I love music it. too oh thank you now <laughs> it's been the last hour just went by so quickly the, the hour is not enough time but i'm I, excited it, to work on some stuff a little yeah, our little music babies um yeah i'm excited I'll make sure to follow up every single day just to just to annoy you. <laughs> oh yeah, do it. Do I need that? I need that little like nagging <laughs> in the end because I have such a lack of like people telling me what to do, and I hate people telling me what to do. I really yeah. hate it. That's why I ditched the nine to five job because I hate like kissing ass. I hate it so mm-hmm. much. But mm-hmm. also like I need that. I need that. yeah yeah. i need it that's why i work with my managers that's why you know i tell them to actually nag them i ask them to like remind me if i'm not following up on something so do follow up maybe not every day but or but but it's thanksgiving too right this week Mm -hmm. for you Mm -hmm. so enjoy enjoy the holidays and maybe nag me after you you have some turkeys and little gravies or whatever you have (laughs) yeah yeah that's exactly yeah. what I'll have if <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds sounds great. I'm probably going to have my my kimchi and whatever. Yeah, that sounds great <laughs> also. Okay. It was really lovely talking to you, Ted. Yeah, thank you for making some time. I appreciate it. No, this was fun. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to Bye, you Ted. soon. Bye. Bye-bye.